0: Hanson here from NFL Red Zone, I hope you're checking out one hour of Five Yard Rush, one of the best podcasts on NFL football in the UK.
3: Hello Rush Nation and welcome to the Five Yard Dynasty podcast. I am your host as usual, Liam or the FSA tweets on Twitter and as usual I'm joined by my lovely co-host Rich at Dynasty Island on Twitter. So let's throw it over to you, Rich. How are you doing, my friend? I'm very good. I think that's
4: the first time you've ever called me lovely. So um yeah, obviously starting off
3: the show uh, as you mean to go on, Lim. Feel feeling a bit uh, generous today. Um, so for those of you in the US, the UK, we've just had a long weekend. Uh, we've had four days because two days were a bank holiday. I know you don't get them, but that's the price you pay for leaving the British Empire, I suppose. Um, (laughs) Coming out with fire. Wow. And um, so, Rich, did you do anything special for the platy jubes, the the Queen's (laughs) Platinum Jubilee?
4: Um, Yeah, I I had a, a fairly, fairly mental four days, to be honest. I had, I drove 150 miles to go to a farm on Thursday. I had a a very formal, uh, traditional English dinner on the Friday. I uh, went to Jurassic Live on the Saturday with my kids, and then uh, and then we had a a very British street party on the Sunday. So, how old are your kids? Uh, one and four. Oh, okay. So, very young. Um, yeah. So they they. How old are you? I'm I'm 32.
1: No way yeah everybody you know, always I've, says this give let me tr- let me trade to look your age when i'm 32 <laughs> let me tell you i think i think most people watching this would think i'm older than you but I'm I, 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 it, it didn't, you, didn't help
4: I? when i was 18 19 getting asked for id and refuse oh service though, uh, yeah
3: so. no
1: i uh, i thought you were like i thought you were my age at least if not younger i'm sneaky old
3: sneaky old for those of you wondering who that mysterious voice is in the background, that is Tyler at F at Tyler FF Creator on Twitter. Uh he writes for DLF. He podcast, or he has his own YouTube channel, sorry, um, and host of the Ask DLF. Um I believe it's on Twitter, um, on YouTube and is, as yeah. a podcast. So um go check it out, guys. But Tyler, how are you doing? Um the 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 veil has been released.
1: Yeah, no, I I mean, I'm doing well. It's uh, apparently today is news day. There's actually news today. Um, yeah, news no, is I a was news literally, okay, so the Kyron Williams broken foot news dropped, right? So I recorded a short YouTube video on that being like, oh, Daryl Henderson. Great. Yeah, no, he's gonna be great. And then I, I drop it. And then like 10 minutes later, Daryl Henderson dealing with a soft tissue injury. And I'm like, uh, well, you know, he, he stayed healthy for the 10 minutes I, it took to record the video. So that that was good. But that's yeah, that's been so my good. content for today.
4: So the big <laughs> kind of question, crazy. Tyler. So the big question, does this mean it's now Jake Funk season?
1: No, no, it doesn't. <laughs> um, I, uh, I was in on that trap last
0: year. I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed oh the, two, the two
4: weeks of Jake Funk season that we uh,
1: we had to endure last year. Yeah, no, I definitely guilty uh guilty as charged i um i was definitely too in on jake funk i apologize to all the people <laughs> i told use all of their fab or not all of it but like a significant amount of fab on jake funk i'm very sorry um, <laughs> that's not a great ex- way please to start my uh, apology
3: <clears throat> it's not a great way to start the show is already apologizing to everyone about it uh, it's the not last the first season. time i've started
1: a show like that <laughs>
3: Let, let's sweep that away. Um, so today we are going to be talking about um, undervalued assets that we all think could be uh, potential risers in the coming season. So today we're going to start off with a guest as usual. Tyler, let's throw it over to you. Who is your first player that you want to talk about today? Um, and do you see a potential buy window now or do you Can... see it as... A potential buying window in the future. Can I,
4: can I dive in? Sorry to throw you off the, the show plan already, Liv, but Tyler, just before we go into talking about your player, can I just ask you, when you're looking at an undervalued asset, are you viewing that as somebody that you think is undervalued versus ADP? Are you viewing that as someone that you think perhaps we're we're passing on the the scrap heap a year too early what do you view as kind of the dream undervalued asset as such
1: I mean it can be anything uh I see some of your undervalued assets uh we are you guys are going to deal with angry Tyler one two three different times (laughs) actually my least favorite players are on this list uh so all of whom I blasted yesterday, actually. It took time out of my show yesterday to blast all three of those players individually. <laughs> uh, so, so not those. <laughs> but no, what am I looking for? Uh, I mean, it depends. Usually it's a player that I believe in productive-wise, typically on the younger side, who is not being valued uh, based on their production. I, at least I think. I mean, that's kind of my my players All kind of fit into that range. Or it's someone that I feel like is you know, lower down in the ADP rankings who has a good opportunity to move way up. Uh, it's usually not going to be, for me, just given that I'm a big ageist, it's not usually going to be an older player uh, that I feel like we're getting out of too early. Occasionally, there ends up being someone like that. Just looking at the ADP, when I look to, to pick my players, there really just wasn't anyone on the older side that i was higher on so typically it's it's not usually that it's it's almost always someone on the younger side or often a I mean a lot of rookies i often i'm higher on than consensus as well because i'm more willing to take the gamble on something i haven't seen i think than most so yeah typically it ends up being in that range i mean I'm just looking at the adp most of the players i'm higher on a lot of whom i didn't pick are actually rookies okay i mean so your first
3: this is going to be an interesting episode, Rich, because you're massively, age doesn't matter, and have an ageist on the show means that I'm, there's going to be some disagreements here. I might be, and well, we did a
1: show together recently, and I might be the biggest ageist that I know. Like, I don't, I've never really recorded or talked to anyone who's a bigger ageist than me. I mean, I've even noticed some of my podcast co-hosts and people I've worked with have become bigger ageists because they've worked with me. So I, um, you know, but yeah, speaking of age, uh, the the first player I put on the the sheet was DJ Moore, who I love, but people don't like. And I don't know why. Uh, I do feel like he's more tribal, though. I do feel like it's it's like a 50-50 split, really, on DJ Moore. Um, generally, and this is not I don't know what you guys think about Moore. Uh, generally, what I found is that the dynasty analysts, most dynasty analysts like DJ Moore. They they're, have DJ Moore ranked. I don't know if they have them ranked where I have him, which is dynasty wide receiver 10, uh, which is high, but... You know, most of them are higher. I think you put it on the show sheet. Uh, oh, ADP wide receiver 14. That's actually not bad. Um, I forget what his DLF ADP was. Maybe it was. 14. That's 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 all DLF. May DLF ADP. May DLF. Yeah, no, it, it's more his overall. So in 1QB, I believe he was 28th overall. And I have him 18th. So at that range of the draft, 10 spots is a lot. I mean, I would say in 1QB one, QB, in one QB startup draft, I'd be taking him in the mid-second Whereas, you know, ADP has him as a early to mid third, which at that point in the draft is a huge difference. So it's, it's actually, I guess, more that I have a bunch of running backs behind him uh, than anything else. But, you know, if we look at DJ Moore, I mean, he's been incredibly productive. I mean, we all know that stat is out there. The one where he, uh, you know, is the only receiver to have certain number of yards. I mean, I know he's had 1150 or more receiving yards each of the last three years. I know that last year he actually surprisingly had 163 targets. You probably wouldn't know that if you asked your average like dynasty person, like, or any person, how many targets did DJ Moore have? They probably wouldn't think it was that high of a number. Um, And yeah, I mean, he just turned 25 in April. And I know he didn't get a quarterback upgrade, but, you know, I just don't see why people are out on a 25 year old receiver who's only ever been productive and hasn't scored a lot of touchdowns because we know touchdowns are the least sticky stats and least sticky especially for receiver and yards targets and receptions are more sticky so I just you know I think people are underestimating DJ Moore you don't need to be top three top five to have dynasty value even if he gives you Three or four more seasons at his, you know, current production level, then he'll be twenty eight. Then you can sell him like I would, and you still you got the production, and you can get out uh, three or four years later.
4: I think I I love DJ Moore, and I I agree with everything you said. I think for me, DJ Moore is what people want t- Terry McLaurin to be in. The D- <laughs> DJ Moore is is a productive player that's had poor poor quarterback play, by still at a, a decent age level. You know, we're not talking about. Terry McLaurin that's that's sneaking up in age before he's even hit his second contract. Um, and I think that because of that, DJ Moore is a fantastic undervalued asset. As you said, I mean, wide receiver 14, he's he's my wide receiver 13. Um, I think the only concern is is that quarterback situation. Um, I think that we're probably gonna see a new head coach, we're probably gonna see a new offensive coordinator next year, which you know is always a little bit nervy. I think that's probably the thing that's stopping him. Sneaking into my top twelve, if I can be honest. um But you know, under contract for at least three more years. Oh, yeah, he um, doesn't have
1: the contract. That's true.
4: There's, you know, he he's Good not point. going anywhere, and 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 I I like this the the surrounding kind of offensive talent. It's just a case if they need to go out and find an offensive line, a quarterback, and probably a new head
3: coach. I think the, the thing with DJ Moore that puts him or that puts the dynasty community off him is the fact that he's only scored four touchdowns in um each of the last three seasons. I know you say that it's not a sticky stat, uh Tyler and I I tend to agree. Um, but he just doesn't seem to get that red zone work like you want from a guy that you're taking around if if you're taking him around uh wide receiver thirteen, then you kind of want those red zone looks. Now, um or red zone production, shall I say, because I don't have the stats on red zone looks. But the other thing that I think people are slightly worried about is Christian McCaffrey coming back and the fact that they haven't had an upgrade at quarterback, as you've said. I have him as my wide receiver thirty, uh, wide receiver 16 Sorry, in my dynasty rankings, and that's nothing down to him. He's always been a wide receiver 2 in dynasty, a top 24, uh, wide receiver, apart from his rookie year, but the big thing is, I think a lot of people are looking at his targets and saying they're going to come down with the potential healthiness of um, Christian McCaffrey. I know we said this the same time last season. Uh, we have no idea whether Christian McCaffrey is going to stay healthy, but if he does, he's probably going to be eating into a little bit of that target share, and people are scared about that touchdown potential because he's up, he's not scored that many. Um, in, in terms of each season now I'm not saying that I don't like the the player because I do and I feel like I'm bashing on a player that I'm actually pretty high on the only reason I've got him at wide receiver 16 is because I've got Godwin at 15 and they are back to back I, mm. I can't split them they're, they're more like a 15a and 15b um and I'm oh, worried Godwin. about Godwin because of that acl tear but apart from that it's just one or the other for me and so you could say he's wide receiver 15 but that's i'm throwing out as a devil's advocate here why people might be looking at dj moore and thinking he's not as much of a value as people may think i wish godwin didn't tear his acl the day before godwin tore his acl he was white dynasty wide receiver
1: six in my rankings so I wish, I wish that had not happened. I still, I still have him pretty high. I have him quite a bit lower though, because who knows? Yeah, and actually, have Godwin at fifteen, so actually not, not lower, but uh, you know, lower than Moore, because uh, Moore did not tear his ACL. Uh, but yeah, actually, so speaking of Christian McCaffrey, interestingly, DJ Moore's most productive season was the Christian McCaffrey season. Actually, 2019. That was the best one. That was the best season. That was the one, the most receptions per game. You know, close to 2020 in yards, but given the extra receptions per game, uh, you know, 2019 was significantly uh, DJ Moore's most productive year. So, you know, I don't know if we would. Uh, I'm not sure that how much of a deal that is, really. To be honest,
3: I think people are just looking at the target difference. That's all that between the two seasons. The target difference is about 30. Um, yeah, just the completion rate went down, but we, we're trying to split hairs between. His two seasons here. I don't think it's... Yeah, no, no, for sure. I
1: just, you know, people should know that. um, Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's... uh, That
3: was his best year. So, Rich, who is your first player that you want to talk about and the one that you always jump to and the one that I always jump to because we both want to talk about him and you just set up the show sheet before I could. (laughs) (laughs) So I think, I'll be honest, I've, I've probably... I was turning off
4: this guy. This is a guy that I've enjoyed... Um scooping up at value over the last kind of three or four years. But I was turning off him this offseason. Um, and then last week I sat down and put together my redraft projections and and my redraft rankings. And I couldn't quite believe how high I had him. So I kind of had to re- redo it and, and kind of adjust things. And I was like, no. So I'm talking about Brandon Cooks. Um he's my wide well, receiver 17 in redraft this year. Yet he's going as the wide receiver thirty-seven in ADP according to DLF, um, and I just think that look, I'm I'm not buying Brandon Cooks with a view of selling him in the future. I'm not buying him for future potential. I'm not looking at him as a depreciating asset. I'm looking at him as a guy that I think can give me at a minimum wide receiver two production one year, and if not more than one year, and Current price, we're talking mid to late seconds. Okay, so again, I, I talked about this a couple of weeks ago. Mid to late second, you're talking around about 15% chance that a wide receiver taking in that range has a wide receiver two season. I'm quite comfortable saying that Brandon Cooks has got a better than 15% chance of having one wide receiver two season. So for me, he's a screaming value. I think he was so young coming into the NFL. I think if people forget
1: how old he isn't, if that's terrible English. But September uh, uh, September 93, I believe, turned 29 you go. in September. He's, 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 he's sneaky
4: young, sneaky young despite the fact that he's been around forever. And I think mm-hmm. that he's probably going to get a 25% target share again in that offense. And I see no reason why he's not going to walk into wide receiver two seasons. So, you know, if I'm a contender and and I can send out my 23 seconds for Cooks to potentially... Tip me over the t- the top. I'm I'm happy to do that as my, you know, wide receiver three, wide receiver four.
3: So, Tyler, have you got anything you want to add to that or
1: um, add? Considering yeah, the big views. Thi- the big thing, <laughs> no, Cooks is not one of the, this. Is, this is not the player that we were, we're going to get destroyed or meltdown <laughs> on. Uh, no, I mean I have Brandon Cooks and redrafted at Riot Rece- Riot receiver wide receiver twenty one. So not that far off from you. Uh, and then uh, in Dynasty, I have him quite a bit lower. I have him at 44, wide receiver 44. So just not not really interested. I just, to be honest, like I think the only thing we disagree on actually is really nothing about Brendan Cooks. It's just what is that we disagree on what a 29-year-old uh, low end to me, wide receiver two is worth. And I just think he's worth less. So I just have him lower. Uh, his ADP is actually way too high. Uh, his ADP is very high. It's like, adp makes no sense but his trade value you know if it's really a mid to late second like you're saying i'm fine paying that but his adp and his trade value don't align at all no uh,
4: i I completely agree he's uh, just to give you he's my wide receiver 50 in terms of where i've got him ranked so i'm much lower than
1: yeah so So i'm higher than you yeah
4: but it's this is purely a trade value piece and that I think people are already costing into the scrap heap and I think you can you know that 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 values come from
1: the dlf trade finder
0: yeah he's, um he's just that's what he's going his, for at the moment
1: his adp and his trade value have nothing to do with each other so it was uh you know difficult to consider him for this exercise but I would say yeah I you know if... <laughs> You can get him for mid to late second. I would do that. I don't have a problem with that. And just take the rest of his career. I mean, mid to late second is what like this year. Uh, Tyrion Davis Price, who I like, we're gonna talk about later. But like, I'd rather have Brandon Cooks straight up. You know, like yeah. Brian Robinson, Jalen Tolbert. Those are those are some of the players that'll be a mid to late second. So Alec Pierce. So I those are those are fine, but. Brandon, those are maybe maybe we'll give you something if you're lucky as we i said that h- brandon cooks will give you something
4: historical hit yeah, you're talking between 10 and 15 percent
1: like yeah but i don't even i don't even care about that it's more than just those specific players like this year in that rank in that range like those we named the, player, named of the players name some players with the mid to late second. and i just like whatever the historical hit rate is I, i'm it's not like I'm more confident than the home hit rate <laughs> in those players. I mean, I'm I'm less confident, if anything, more than likely. So, yeah, I don't I don't like those players in that range. So, if that's what Brandon Cooks costs, then you know I'm all in on it. Uh, maybe if if I have to pay a second from next year's draft, that I'm not as sure. Uh, I'm not as sure about that because next year's draft I think is going to be a little better. In the second round, I think we're going to have better prospects. I think we're gonna. I think I'm next year. I'm just going to take that hit rate for the second round. It just. Throw it in the garbage. Like I don't think I'm gonna be looking at that. I think I'm gonna be looking at the specific players, uh, you know, and I'm really gonna like it. So I don't know if I would give a 2023 20, second for cooks. I guess maybe if I had to, but yeah. So I
3: guess I'd never get him then. <laughs> so Instead of rehashing exactly what Rich just said, because they're basically in my views and I'm sure the listeners are too uh, fed up of listening to me agree with Rich. We're going to move on to the next player and this is going to be my first player that I want to talk about and that's Michael Gallup. Now, um, he had a disappointing last season. He was injured for a lot of it. He was the third, maybe the fourth option on this offence. Um, but we've seen Amari um, Cooper traded away from this offense, and I believe that opens a big hole for him to produce well. Now, the reason I put him on this list isn't necessarily because of his ADP again, although I think wide receiver 48 is a little bit low. I still think that you can get him for a loan now because of all the talk around him potentially starting on the PUP list. Um, I think that either does happen and it won't, too much of a worry or it doesn't happen at all and you can buy low right now for him and when he's produced he has done extremely well in this offense now tyler where do you want to go with this because now that cooks wasn't your guy i'm going to be worried about this guy being him no again no, we're, we're going to get to them we're going to get to them we, I know, we have... I
4: know each two is it's fine it's oh fine. yeah it's fine. no they're My all coming guy. up
1: actually the player i hate the most in all of football is on this list so Get ready, but it's not Michael Gallup. Michael Gallup is someone I feel like he's there. He's there in the ADP. His ADP, you said 48? I have him ranked at 49, wide receiver 49. He's there. Uh, The injury is a little bit concerning. Uh, I do like his opportunity. I I liked him. Uh, But, you know, he really didn't produce as much as I would have liked after CeeDee Lamb was drafted. I would have liked to have seen a little bit more uh, after that, and it just didn't happen. So he's there. He's there. He has the contract. He's fine. If I have to take him, I'll take him. If I don't get him, I don't get him. I, I just, you know, I have, like, no opinion on Michael Gallup other than that his consensus ADP seems about right. So I'm good with it. I, I really like Gallup, but
4: I think that the time to buy him isn't now. I think the time to buy him is in probably six weeks' time once he's not training, once the PUP list is is a real thing. And people are starting to, to get into, you know, what we could talk about dynasty redraft mode, where people are only thinking about like 2022 season and people are looking at their roster and going, ah, I've got Michael Gallup in my flex, but he's not going to help me. So I need to go and find someone else. And I think that's the time at which you're going to be able to get Michael Gallup at, at the biggest discount because he's realistically very unlikely to be starting, you know, training camp active so I think that you'll probably get him at a better price in in six weeks time
1: you can wait until week one like once someone's setting week one week two they have to set their lineup and Michael Gallup is not available like, oh, well he's not doing me any good so I can trade for him uh you know on an even cheaper price so yeah it, I would agree with waiting but I would say you could wait even longer
3: See, I'm completely the opposite on that. I don't think you can wait as long as you think. Because if he starts coming back and starts looking semi-healthy, I know that the PUP is a real situation that could occur. But if he starts coming back and looking healthy, that window is not going to be open for very long.
4: I think that his price is baked into him coming back in camp and playing. I don't. I think if he comes back and is healthy in camp and practising and, and good to go week one, I don't think his price is gonna jump significantly i can't I can't see where where he'd kind of who he'd jump ahead if he was active so I think you know even if he came back healthy, I can't see him jumping much higher than where he
3: is now. I suppose yeah. where I'm trying to get with this is do you see his value dropping from here because if not, why not buy him now because I, think- I don't see his price dropping from now to the start of the season. I, See, think I think his always going to say as what? what,
4: a mid-third? I think his price will drop. I think that once people get into that redraft mindset,
3: I, th- I wouldn't be shocked if his price did drop. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this is surprising. We don't normally disagree. But Tyler, yeah. do you want to step us away from this and step us, for, step us away from the wide receiver position and talk about your next player on the list? Sure. So
1: I put TJ Hawkinson on the list. I am a notorious TJ Hawkinson fan. Uh I do, <laughs> I do like him. I like that, you know, I think people are probably expecting, you know, too much too early. I guess there's, you know, there there is Kyle Pitts that 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 happened, but that is kind of once in a lifetime, you know, someone to come in and be that productive as a rookie. That that's not the norm. So TJ Hawkinson, I, I do think that. We're going to see, you know, this year is going to be the Ascension. He just turned 25, which or turned 25 in July. So the 25 is usually when a dynasty tight end really starts to break out. Uh, you know, like Travis Kelsey was old coming into the league. Uh, George Kittle, same thing. So, you know, it seems like they broke out earlier, but they really didn't. Um, they were actually older. So, yeah, I would just uh, say that he was drafted, what, 10th overall? 10th, 8th, was eighth? I think it was eighth. that even wrong? I don't remember. Ten. It was after to top ten, either way. Um, and yeah, I would just say that he will um, definitely break out. And I just, you know, people I think are just tired of him. I don't know why, and maybe they're just frustrated. He missed some time last year. People always are a little bit frustrated with a you know injury, but it's not like he. I mean, he's played forty out of what how many is that 49 games that's not that's not bad for an nfl player so i just think people are quitting on him too quickly i hear a lot of people being like well he's never going to be good I'm like i guess if that's what you want to think but i don't know i mean darren waller was in the wilderness for who knows how long doing nothing and then just appeared and was randomly uh you know top five tight end and TJ hawkinson's actually started off his career on a good note so i wouldn't you know I wouldn't just dismiss him. He's improved in receptions and yards per game every single year of his career. So he's slowly becoming more and more productive, even if it's maybe a little slower than people want. What are you kind of willing to pay to acquire Hawkinson? I never see Hawkinson moved. Really. I never see Hawkinson moved. This isn't, this isn't trade for Hawkinson. This is draft Hawkinson. This is draft him in a startup. It's it. I don't, I cannot remember the last time I saw TJ Hawkinson traded. I don't think I... I don't remember it. I never (laughs) see him moved. Never. He's never, ever traded. So I would say this is something where I would look to acquire him in. It's just because there aren't that many tight ends. So in order to trade TJ Hawkinson away, the person trading TJ Hawkinson probably has to have another really good tight end, which is, I suppose, possible. But there's 12 teams and like six good tight ends. So... (laughs) He, he's rarely moved, but I would, uh, I definitely draft him. I think his his ADP is too low, and you know, I don't know. It's hard. It is hard to trade for him, though. Yeah, I'm just I'm just looking at
4: some recent trades on the trade finder, and um, maybe I need to go and buy some more TJ Hawkinson because some of these are outrageous. So recent trades, Tyler. Let's throw these at you. See what you think. TJ, TJ Hawkinson in a normal well, a start one tight end, no premium. For Kenny Golladay, Evan Ingram, and a 23 second. Okay, TJ Hawkinson easily. That one is a joke. TJ Hawkinson and a 23 second for a 23
1: first. Uh, I mean, unless there's a very heavy t- tight end premium, I'll, I'll take the first. Uh, and then I'll we've got, take the first
4: this first. This is this is maybe my favorite, TJ Hawkinson for Donta Foreman, uh-huh. a 23 third, fourth, and fifth
1: seriously yes
0: that is a uh, negative that point
1: is silly content. yeah um, i'll take tj hawkinson there so if those are the prices you can pay maybe maybe i'm wrong that he's not moved <laughs>
4: yeah. i think it's just but, he he just hits that slightly boring slightly expensive tight end doesn't he because there's the elite four that everybody kind of wants and then he's kind of the next one off the conveyor belt and it's just a bit meh when you get him isn't it so i think that's that's kind of my take on him. I, I like him, I don't hate him. I think he's 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 ranked fairly. I get what you're saying, Tyler, completely, but he's just he's just not
3: exciting, is he? I think well, out of the yet. tight ends that you've got, I think he's the most likely to jump up into that next tier. But as Rich said, you're getting into that boring range, and I'm not sure whether I'm willing to pay what tight end, what is it, five in ADP? And okay, um, yeah. you did mention um that you thought that that was about right tyler where do you have him ranked tight end five five yeah yeah so i can't I imagine get anyone's that. getting him in the top four no.
1: no i don't think so but i do think that the reality of the situation is that travis kelsey is going to turn 33 in the middle of the season no tight end has ever been top five after 32 nobody zero zero that does not happen so it uh doesn't doesn't happen. Yeah, I mean, that's when Tony Gonzalez, the, the wheels started to come off. That's when Greg Olson, the wheels came off. Jason Witten, who's still decent after that, wasn't the same. You know, the wheels come off at 32. So unless basically the Travis Kelsey bet is that you're betting that Travis Kelsey's is the best tight end ever, which is possible. Possible. But, you know, I think it's more likely that he's, I, I think this is it. I think this is last year. There was decline. He was not as good as twenty twenty. Twenty twenty was his best year. Twenty twenty one was not nearly as good. And I think that twenty twenty two is going to be another step down. And then twenty twenty three, you know, all I've been selling Travis Kelsey forever. So, uh, but I do, I do think this is the year where the wheels start to the, the decline becomes impossible to ignore. This year, I think you'll it'll be most people will say that he's lost a step.
4: Yeah, um, uh, so just on quickly on the tony gonzalez thing i i I don't know how accurate this is but i'm looking at data that says he was the titan two in 2013 which was that the first year
1: in um whenever he switched teams was the that was his final
4: that was his final year so he'd been 32 but his
1: his production went way off the map though like so he dropped so i've got I mean, yeah. Tony, Tony Gonzalez tight end. He only career. had eight hundred fifty nine yeah. yards. If that was good for tight end two, that's
0: yeah. See, so according yeah, to that's this, crazy two thousand
4: and nine, he was tight end six. Two thousand ten, he was tight end six. Two thousand eleven, he was tight end four. Two thousand twelve, he was tight end two. Two thousand thirteen, he was tight end two. So really? he was thirty seven then, and he was tight. That end was two. Um, so,
1: yeah. That must have been in a different production era because he was not over. Because his production, if you look at his production after thirty two, the the cliff went off. Like he never had a thousand yards again. You know, 20, 20, 20, 2008, 30, age 32 season was his last double touchdown season. It was his last season over 150 targets. So I guess the thresholds were a lot lower back then because, like, a season of 859 yards and eight touchdowns, I don't think that that's tight end two these days.
4: Yeah, I guess m- maybe it's the case of, the, I mean, trying to think back to 2013, there wasn't exactly a, a plethora of. No, that was in the tight track.
1: end wilderness era where there was where there was nobody so i guess i could understand that but you know again if he put up those statistics now it wouldn't be i mean i don't know it would not be top three anymore right
3: right Let, let's fast forward back to 2022 guys we're talking <laughs> we're talking nine years ago now let's move on to richie's next time as well. right so
4: I feel like this is a hill. This is this is fast becoming my Aaron Rodgers of of running backs, and I feel like I'm gonna die on this hill. So yeah, again, look, I feel like everybody is too quick to slate this guy. I think that everybody is looking at the contract, everybody is looking at the potential backfield mate that he's sharing the field with and saying he's done. But I think even as a one year buy, this guy is incredible value, and that's Aaron Jones. Um, he's currently in ADP going as the running back twenty. Um, I think even as a one year buy, I think he's fantastic. I think he's my running back eight for this year. I think he's probably the best receiving weapon on the Packers, and I'm I'm really excited and scooping him up if I can get him as a, you know, a flex play a running back three. Um, I'm I'm happy to to go out and do that. Go then, Tyler. Slate me.
1: Yeah. Well, he's all yours. Uh, I won't have him uh, in redraft. Even in PPR, I have him at running back 16. So, no, thank you. He is. Yeah, no. Aaron Jones is the I think is the most overrated redraft running back in the entire landscape. I don't get it. There are people saying, "Oh, receiving, receiving, receiving." He's so great. I mean, not really. Not really. I mean, he's never had more than 70 targets in any season ever. The reason that Aaron Jones has been really good over the years is his rushing efficiency and the one year that he had a massive amount of rushing touchdowns. And then last year, he got there with six receiving touchdowns on 52 receptions. That is not going to happen again. That's not going to happen again. So I would say, yeah, no, he could receive more receiving work with Devontae Adams gone. But it's not like he has, you know, seasons of 100 targets. He doesn't have that. I did the comparison on my show yesterday, Aaron Jones versus Leonard Fournette in the receiving game. Leonard Fournette is way more productive as a receiver over his career than Aaron Jones. Leonard Fournette has many seasons, a few seasons of over 70 targets. Aaron Jones doesn't have one. So I, Aaron Jones is the player. I don't get it. I don't get it. I think that there's a universe that by week eight, Aaron Jones is a backup. Aaron Jones is Naeem Hines by that point. I think that universe exists. The universe exists where A.J. Dillon is just Boy. the starter. Aaron Jones is just Naeem Hines is not doing much. Uh, other than seeing a few more carries and then uh, some receptions here and there. I have zero interest in Aaron Jones. He's the player that I will not draft in any... If I have him at running back 16 and redraft, that means I won't have any Aaron Jones. In Dynasty, let's see. I have Aaron Jones, so we got to go way down. It's going to take a long time. Uh, Yeah, I have him at 20... Actually, not that bad, 24, running back 24. Uh, But overall, I have him in one QB. Yeah, His ADP is 48. I have him at 73, so over two rounds lower. So yeah, he's a player I have zero interest in. I
3: will let someone else draft him. I do not want him. Period. I'm interested Pac-Man. to know. I'm interested to know your take on AJ Dillon, then. If you think my Aaron take on AJ Dylan that low, yeah. If your take on um, on Aaron Jones is that low, you must think that AJ Dylan is mid to top end RB two.
1: Um, in- or are you just. In what? In, in, in Dynasty, running. I have I do have A.J. Dillon over a round above his ADP. So he's 78th overall. Uh, I have him at 64 in the 1QB format, so over a round earlier. Uh, and then in terms of running backs, yeah. I, no, I only have A.J. Dillon in Dynasty mm-hmm. at running back 22, so I'm not that high on him, uh, I guess. Overall, I am, though, I suppose. So, in redraft, though, so I have I'm... A.J. Dylan lower. I have A.J. Dillon at 26. I think what we're going to find is that I am – not in on the Packers at all. That's I I'm trying to find
3: out. Is Aaron Rodgers is disappearing too.
1: Yeah, Aaron Rodgers at quarterback 14. So in redraft and dynasty, even lower. I have him it's at outrageous. 19. That's outrageous. Outrageous. I mean, it's so outrageous. He said he was going to retire. He said that I'm not sure that I'm going to play just this, yesterday, two days ago. He says, I don't know whether I'm going to play longer. Someone else can have Aaron Rodgers. I don't want him. You know, 38, it's just, that can be someone can, else's problem.
4: I can think of 120 million reasons why he's going to play for at least two more years. He
1: <laughs> doesn't need the money, though. He doesn't need the money.
4: I, he doesn't I, I, need I, don't, it. I don't care how much money you've got, let's be honest. Even I know. Steve, even Steve Ballmer's not walking away from 120 million. You to, would think to play that, but,
1: but even if he doesn't, there's no guarantee that he's going to continue to be Aaron Rodgers as he ages Uh, Really only Tom Brady has actually done that continued to be stellar beyond 38. Nobody else has really ever. So uh, not, not at this level. So it, you know, I'll I'll bet against him, but either way, I still think Aaron Jones, if you look at Aaron Jones, 2021 versus 2020, I mean, he was not (laughs) the carries per game down yards per game down yards per carry down. I mean, Rushing touchdowns were down. AJ Dillon led the team in carries. I don't see why that's going to reverse. If anything, I think it's going to become more. I think A.J. Dillon's going to have more carries and Aaron Jones less. I do have Aaron Jones higher just because I feel like it's PPR game. Uh so AJ Dillon is not used that much in the receiving game compared to Aaron Jones. But yeah, I have yeah, I have them not that far apart. And honestly, looking at my rankings, I probably have AJ Dillon too low. Uh I think- in reject.
4: I, I don't disagree with anything you've said, Tyler, but I think that we're forgetting that Aaron Jones has produced three years in a row as an RB1 split in the backfield. He's never had more than the 60% opportunity share. He's shared with Jamal Williams. He's now sharing with AJ Dillon. Even if um, AJ Dillon's going to lead the Packers in in carries, I still think Aaron Jones can, can produce as a top 12 running back this year. And I think that... You know, we're going to see a very different Packers offence, we're going to see a very pack, different Packers team with the new receiving weapons, with the way that offence works and I think that whilst the hate is somewhat justified on Aaron Jones and I think he deserves to see a drop in terms of his dynasty value over the last six months, I think the hate has gone too far and I think that people are obsessing about this contract saying well the Packers are definitely going to cut him at the end of this year but Everybody seems to forget that about plenty of other running backs. You know, Aaron Jones, OK, they save 11 millions by cutting him. But Dalvin Cook, the Vikings save, I think is 9 million by cutting him next year. And nobody nobody seems to mention that or forget about that. And I think there's there's a whole plethora of running backs. You know, Joe Mixon, Austin Eckler can all be cut and save money. The only older running backs that have basically got guaranteed two years left in them is, is Alvin Kamara um, and Nick Chubb. All of the McCaffrey. rest. Of McCaffrey. I think McCaffrey can be cut off this year, I believe. No, because game. I think
1: that McCaffrey has something in his contract that adds additional guaranteed money uh, coming. Yeah, I, right. I don't think... Because his extension... Uh, McCaffrey was a 2017 first-round yeah, so, pick. So he... So
4: McCaffrey's got an out after 2023 where the Panthers could save money.
1: Yeah, they save $1 million, So, yeah, but, yeah. And they... Um, yeah, no, so he's he really has two years, but... Every, they, they'd take 18 million and dead. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's really, there are not many. It, it really is just some of the ones you listed. Camara and McCaffrey are the, the big ones and with me, big
4: money
1: I that's it. A chub, that's it. yeah. So Chubb's not quite as big, but,
4: but we, yeah. Everybody's slagging off Aaron Jones saying he's going to get cut, but I wouldn't be shocked if plenty of those other high-value no, right. running backs, and I think that people are happy keeping Dalvin Cook and, and players like that up that high. But, I mean, I'd rather Aaron Jones and Dalvin Cook in redraft this
1: year really yeah oh you missed my discussion yesterday where i was like dalvin cook is elite and aaron jones i didn't it was actually cook and mixon that i was talking about where i was like dalvin cook is elite and joe mixon is not and if you switched them and put dalvin cook in cincinnati i would have dalvin cook and reject the two and you know i think dalvin cook is, is elite and i don't i don't i've never thought that aaron jones is elite aaron jones is efficient but dalvin cook is efficient and a workhorse We'll, so. we'll 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 agree to disagree on yeah. this one, Tyler. So I'm not sure I we're ever
4: gonna. Have good I, I used to
1: be a big Aaron Jones fan. Like I was a big Aaron Jones fan back in the day. Like in in 2017, 2018, when it was Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams, I was begging, begging the Packers to see it. Like you have this superior player, and you're giving J Swag Daddy, who, by the way, great human being. I Jamal Williams is like one of my favorite human beings in the NFL but aaron jones is a way better running back so it's not like i hated aaron jones it's just he's 27 already like i i'm good
3: so let's move on we've got clyde edwards hilaire is my second player that we're oh going boy. to be talking about now i have a feeling of hearing that this is going to be another uh slate fest from oh Tyler, this is much but... worse this is much worse but... he has a nickname So CEH, he's currently going at RB28. And to me, personally, I feel that he's going to outperform that ADP. Uh, He doesn't really have much competition in the backfield. I mean, it's Ronald Jones as the backup there and then basically nothing else. Um, The past two seasons, I think the thing with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is he's getting slated And I think it's going too far based on the expectations the dynasty community had of him going into his rookie season. Oh, he's with the Chiefs. He's with Patrick Mahomes. He's ultimately going to be the best running back in the league forever. And that that might be a slight exaggeration, but considering people who are taking him as the 101 in rookie drafts over some of the best prospects QB-wise that we've seen for a while, I think that's says everything you need to know about what people thought about clyde Lair going into the rookie drafts fast forward two years he's completely the opposite he is basically forgotten about in adp i feel like if you're looking for an rb2 you can pass on getting one of the rbs in the dead zone and potentially get an rb2 later in the draft which is clyde edwards there because I feel like RB2 numbers is his floor if he plays a full season. Now I'm going to hand it over to Tyler and let him go into this one a little bit more.
1: I think the people drafting ADP started listening to me because my Clyde Edwards-Solaire ranking has not changed. But we've gotten to a point where somehow Clyde Edwards-Solaire is actually lower in ADP than he is in my rankings. So people have, uh, I think people have, listened uh but yeah I have Clyde Edwards in Dynasty at running back 27 so actually higher than ADP somehow uh (laughs) and in redraft I have him at running back uh 29 so not not great um yeah I don't like him at all but I've kind of stopped uh I've stopped bashing him to the same degree because his ADP is just so low that there's no point in bashing him anymore Like, what is he, 88th overall, running back 28? At that point, like, I don't, you can draft him. I don't, like, he's already, there was a point at this offseason, I believe, where he was still top 20. And I was like, that's insane. He's done nothing. He sucks. He does suck. But he can suck. And you can still draft him at running back 28. So you don't hear me bash on Clyde Oversolaire as much as you do Aaron Jones or, you know, the the next player we're going to come to. That one, that one, I'm not done. That one, I've never been done. But uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire at this point, it's like people have already listened, or if I don't know if they're listening to me, but they're listening to somebody because his ADP is so low that I no longer feel the need to, you know, people want to hear me say it. They want to hear me, they want to hear me say Clyde Edwards failure or call him failure or whatever that for some reason they like hearing me say it. But, you know, for in terms of his ADP, like people have adjusted and I'm proud of the Dynasty community for getting in, in the right place. So you know, whatever, draft him at that price. I don't, I don't, I no longer care. I think at the price he's going at, he's, he's worth the
4: lottery ticket, isn't it? Is that, you know, there's what probably a, maybe a 10, 20% chance that he suddenly breaks out and has this incredible receiving game. I think Ronald Jones is going to take some of the, you know, the rushing work and, and some of that short yardage work away from him. But maybe we finally see what, what we hoped in that is that, you know, that James White, Duke Johnson from 2017, that type of role where he is, you know, able to command six, seven, eight carries, uh targets a game to complement kind of five, six carries, and and he becomes a great buy because of that receiving work. Do I think that's gonna happen? No. Do I think it could? Absolutely. So yeah, I mean, I'm he's my running back 27. Um oh, just same as me. Exactly. Um, exactly. I, where, where he's priced, I'm fine with, but he's not a guy that I'm actively going out
1: to buy, should we say? Like if you look at his ADP graph in December and then like no December 2021, which probably when I started bashing on him, his ADP was 38 overall. At that price, that was insane. That was insane. He'd been terrible. And for some reason he was 38 overall. I had him in the 60s or 70s. Um, but then, you know, in January, he fell to 60, then 68, then 74, a couple months of 74, and now 87. So he's continuously fallen since December. People, I think, have realized that he's not what they thought he was. And now, to a degree, they've finally gotten to the right place. So, you know, it happens. I, I always say I don't hate players. I hate values. Um, We will get to a player that is an exception. That that player, I just don't don't like. I don't think that's good. I feel but, like we're
4: we're running out of time, Tyler. And I want I want to get to that player. So let's let's skip over the next couple reasonably we, quickly. Yeah, we, so we, can, we can skip over. Yeah, Your your third player, Tyler. Let's 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 hear it.
1: Yeah, it's the Tyrion Davis Price, who so I mentioned earlier. It's it just simply for no other reason that he was drafted in the third round of the NFL draft to the 49ers, and some people have just dismissed him and because they didn't like him pre-draft. And I just won't do that because he has third round draft capital for running back. That usually means you get a chance. Now, Trey Sermon exists. He didn't get a chance. So it also shows me that they don't like Trey Sermon. So they're willing to spend another third round pick on a running back. For me, it has nothing to do with Tyrion Davis Price as a player. I don't. I didn't like him pre-draft. I don't like him now, but at his cost, I just don't see any reason not to draft him. I see. I saw him go in the late third in rookie drafts. I don't understand why. That just makes no sense based on his draft capital. So being a running back, so I wouldn't would not do that. Uh, I would go definitely earlier and it's just really it's just that simple.
3: So in dynasty startup drafts, where do you have him?
1: Yeah, so he's 148 overall in DLF adp. I have him almost two rounds about two rounds higher i'm 123 in that one QB format. So yeah 25 picks higher and I have him what running back 42. so it's not that high uh, but compared to his adp, I have him good two rounds higher. I just wanted to mention him because he's just such an easy player that I just his ADP just makes no sense to me. So yeah. Yeah, he he's my running back five
4: in terms of rookie drafts. Um Ooh, I think that's higher than it, me. Yeah. Yeah. I think he's to me. I think there was four good four good rookie running backs, and I think he's the the lottery ticket that I'd feel most confident about after that. So there's he's a big there's a big tear back after those top four, but I think. You know he's a lottery ticket that that could easily cash. I think um, so. Yeah, happy, yes. happy to do that. So skip quickly over my third player then, because I'm I'm hoping that it's Liam's third player that you uh, that you hate on. So, oh, yes. my my third guy is it's a guy that I've been high on since pre-draft. Chris Olave. I think I think people are hating on him, and I I can't get why other than the fact that he was a you know a senior when he came into the NFL. I think he's landed in a dream spot. We've got. The the yearly talk of Michael Thomas not being 100% fit, you know, if if you're scared of Jarvis Landry at this point in uh, in his career taking targets away from a player, I'm I'm not sure what to tell you. I think you're probably scared a little bit too much. Um, I think that Olave's been an elite prospect. I think he's still an elite prospect, and I think he's in a fantastic situation. Um, I don't think he'll ever be a truly elite. Dynasty wide receiver one, I don't think he's got that top 12 ceiling, but I think in terms of a safe floor play, I think he's going to be a guy that's, you know, a back end kind of mid to high end wide receiver two for the next five to six years. I think he's just going to be a, you know, a nice, steady, stable performer and at the price he's going, I think he's massively
1: undervalued. Didn't you write the article on him for DLF? I did. I did. Yeah. I did. So people should go read that at DynastyLeagueFootball.com. They should go read Rich's article about Chris Olave if you want However many words, thousand to fifteen hundred words on Chris Alave, the whole, uh, the whole details about that. Uh, you should go read the article.
4: Well, there you, go. you plug, plugged it away perfectly for me, Tyler. Right, <laughs> no Liam. I, f- I feel like this whole show has been building to this point. <laughs> oh so uh, yes. Let's let's hear you first of all give a reason why Juju is massively
3: undervalued, and then and then we can throw across to Tyler. Okay, so. Tyler, I am gonna say all this with a massive smoke on my face because I know what is going to happen when I stop talking. Um, so Juju, let let's start off with his past production. He has shown flashes of being the top 10 wide receiver in scoring that you want to see from a guy. Now, he's had some issues in the past few years, he's had injuries. Um, he went back to Pittsburgh last year and got injured yet again. Um, so he he has had the the issues that you're probably seeing baked into his ADP right now, in my opinion, at least. But he out of his three seasons where he's played um, more than 14 games or 14 or more games, he has finished as a top 24 wide receiver. Now, to me, if a wide receiver has three top 24 um, years in his first five that is a guy that i kind of expect to produce yet again that type of production now let's move on to his age he's 25 years old and he's already played five seasons a lot of people i think this is kind of like a brandon cook's Kind of phenomenon where he's played so many seasons that people forget his age. He's twenty five years old. If I told you that another wide receiver who was twenty five years old has three top twenty um, production years and is currently being drafted at what is it the wide receiver thirty nine, I don't think anyone would stop you from drafting him there and bringing him way up in ADP. But because of Juju Smith Schuster. I think that is the whole I think the whole phenomenon around his age and I think that the whole TikTok scene that people kind of bring into fantasy which I have no idea why it I think that's kind of affecting his ADP. And then to bring in another thing he's just gone to the best quarterback in the league in most circles. Maybe not the most winningest because that is Tom Brady everyone knows that. But talent-wise, a lot of people have this guy as the most talented quarterback in the league. And that's Patrick Mahomes. So he's just gone to one of the best offenses in the league. There is no Tyree Kill. So there is a wide-open, wide-receiver room. Yes, they drafted Sky Moore. They have signed um, MVS, and they still have Nicole Hardman. But not... We don't know what Sky Moore is going to be. I think that Sky Moore is going to be great in that offence, but I don't think it's going to affect Juju as much as people think. MVS is going to be a deep ball guy, and I hope that because of Packer fandom, I hope that they get him more involved than just being the deep threat. They did pay him well, but I don't know whether that's going to be true, and Mikal Harbin hasn't really shown much to anything. And the other thing about Juju is the Chiefs tried to sign him last year and he chose to go back to the Steelers. Now, we have no idea what his season would have been like last year had he have signed with the Chiefs. But it shows that in two seasons in a row, the Chiefs have tried to sign this guy. They obviously have some sort of role for him. They want him to play. He's going to be a big focal point of that offense, especially now Tyreek's not there. So a 25-year-old receiver, three top 20 production years, And has a role with one of the best quarterbacks in the league. I don't understand why he's being taken as the wide receiver 39. as basically an afterthought. He's going around where you're taking your fourth flex spot. In wide receiver terms, at least. Tyler, go for it. Release. You want to know why he's being taken there? Because he sucks.
1: He sucks. He's terrible. Never open. Never open. You go for the last three years, open, ever, is he ever open? Never open. The whole route tree, it's all red, red, never open. He can't win on any route. All he does is just run and then he's not open. And then he makes, sometimes makes a contested catch all over his career. Yards per target going down every year, down worse and worse and worse every year. And then, you know, you say these three top 20 years, but I mean, last year, Nothing. Nothing, essentially. He gave you nothing. Nothing. And then 2019 was another disaster. He played
3: five games last year.
1: Yeah, but 2019, he played 12 games. games. He didn't do anything in those. He didn't do anything in the games he did play. That was the thing. He played 12 games and he was not good. He wasn't good. And then 2020, you would say, well, I mean, he was relatively productive, but he did score a career high nine touchdowns on only, you know, 97 receptions. That's, I don't know if that's going to be his game. He's not particularly good in at anything, let alone being a red zone threat. So... I don't know. He is just, he's just bad. Like that's the problem. He is not good anymore. He was good. I I don't know what happened. I don't know what happened. That's actually the big mystery to me is what happened to Juju Smith-Schuster from 2017 and 2018. That guy's gone. He's never come back in 2019, 2020 and 2021. That player has never existed. He's been bad. The only reason that he produced in 2020 was because he was force fed massive volume that he really didn't add anything to. He did nothing with it. He just caught the balls because Big Ben forced him the ball. And like, that's that's fine. But I just don't think he's very good. And I think that really to me at this point, Juju Smith-Schuster is Tyler Boyd with a fancy name. That's all he is. He's Tyler Boyd with a different name. He's named, if he were named Tyler Boyd, no one would draft him. But the only reason that anyone's drafting him was because he had one hyper productive season four years ago. If that didn't happen and it was four years ago, I don't think anyone would care about Juju Smith-Schuster. If you just watched the last three years of Juju Smith-Schuster, there's nothing there to like, nothing. So I just don't, I don't understand why people are in on him. Nobody wanted him in free agency. It took a long time for him to sign. Uh, the Chiefs then went and paid Marcus Valdo scantling I believe, triple or quadruple the guaranteed money. Uh, and I just don't feel like Juju Smith-Schuster is going to be anything special. And Rieser, have to have him ranked as wide receiver 34. So, I mean, whatever. Like he He's not going to not produce anything. He's going to get some targets. But his ceiling is, you know, I think 2020 is his best case scenario. I think that's his ceiling. If everything comes together, he could have a season like he had in 2020 where he catches a larger than expected uh number of touchdowns on a decent volume, does nothing extra with it and finishes as like what was he that year? Wide receiver 20 or 21. I think that's the best case scenario. More likely is for me is what I had him ranked as, wide receiver 34 or so, and I'm just like I don't I don't want to take players where I feel like the ceiling is wide receiver 20. That's just not, doesn't excite
3: me. So I'm pretty out on Even, Jesus, at, even at wide receiver 40, I, I would take the 20 spot positional jump and sell him for that. But that's his best case scenario. Like I, I think that wide receiver okay. 34, like I
1: have him is more likely. I think that that's more like what it's going to be. And I only think it's going to get worse. I think the only reason I have him ranked as wide receiver 34 is because I think that Sky Moore is not going to be ready to, be the number one wide receiver in this offense week one so i think that judas mishuster is going to have some productive games over the first half of the season but when you look at the whole season i think that it's not going to be as good and then you know what i say what matters more for someone's dynasty value next year what happens at the beginning or what happens at the end is what happens at the end and if judas mishuster sucks over the last half of the season then he's not going to even hold his current value let alone go up in value so i just i'll take a pass on a player that i just think Again, it is a great mystery to me. I really don't know which injury it was, what happened, why he became bad, but he's been bad. So I don't think that twenty eighteen Juju exists anymore. So
4: can I, can I, can I jump in and say I think I'm I'm probably somewhere in between the two. I I agree with somewhat what Tyler says, but I really disagree with somewhat what Tyler says. In that you hit on a fantastic point. In that Juju Smith-Schuster isn't a good route runner. Okay. He has consistently over the last five years performed poorly in, in reception perception, as you hinted at he is, you know, you look at last year, he was 61.2% in terms of my single number route running that I put together. That was seventh worst amongst all wide receivers that are charted in 2020. He was 59.3%, which the only players worse were Henry Ruggs, T Y Hilton, and Jalen Rager. So, I don't think he's a very good route runner. However, I think that in the right offense and schemed correctly, he is a player that can do fantastic things in the short to intermediate routes. I think he is—he has been signed by the Chiefs because he is a bigger-bodied slot receiver. He is that traditional prototypical power slot. You know, this is a guy that I want to say is like 6'2", 215", 220". He is a fantastic run blocker, and that is part of the reason that the Chiefs have brought him in. The Chiefs have brought him in because they want this offense is going to be more run heavy than anyone is willing to admit. They've bought in MVS, and they've bought in Juju Smith-Souster, who are two of the best run-blocking wide receivers in the NFL. Sky Moore is not going to play out the slot for the Chiefs. He is undersized, but he's going to line up outside. He's going to be used like the Jets used Elijah Moore last year. They are going to have Juju Smith-Seister in that power slot role, MVS token off the top, and I truly believe that Juju Smith-Seister is going to have a role carved out in the offense. Now, I think the biggest concern for me, again, something you hinted on, Tyler, is this contract situation. I don't know if Juju is just doesn't care about money. And you know, the reports were that he turned down a lot more money from the Ravens and the Chiefs last year to go back to the Steelers. But the fact he only signed for 2.8 million, you know, that's that's ridiculous. This is a guy that should have been getting eight to 10 million on the free agent market easily. You know, the fact he's signing for 2.8, and as you said, a quarter of what MVS signed for, I can't get my head around. I'm hoping that he's chosen the best situation for him because he's thinking he's going to get a massive payday next year.
3: Maybe. Who knows? Maybe he just doesn't like money. But Let's not forget on the MVS point that MVS signed for three years, not one. And yeah. therefore, his AAV, in terms of that, is only what half ten. of...
1: It's, ten. it's three years. It's three 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 in, in,
3: in terms of guaranteed money, though, that mm-hmm. is not as much as you think. Like no, in terms but, of guaranteed at signing, that is only eight mil. I believe it's fifteen mil guaranteed.
4: Yeah, but I mean, you if you, you normally when you're signing a one year deal, you're signing for more money. And you know, DJ Chark signed a one year ten million dollar deal. Like, give me give me Juju Schuster over DJ Chark every day of the week, and that is a lot. Because even I 4. think
1: that DJ Chark has really shown outside of like ten games nothing at all. Exactly. So, so I think that... Look, I, I, I think that Juju, I think some people overhype him. And
4: I think that I get what Tyler's saying. You know, people talk about this was a guy that was the dynasty wide receiver one at one point in his career. And I'm not sure oh, it was absolutely. ever there. But I think that he is a bigger bodied power slot that relies on the scheme to get open. And who is the most creative offensive mind when it comes to getting wide receivers in space and open? you've got to throw Andy Reid in that mix. And I truly believe that Andy Reid has gone out and got Juju for a reason. And I think that he's probably going to outproduce his ADP. I think that he is a decent one-year buy. I don't know about long-term because I don't know if the Chiefs are going to sign him beyond this year unless he signs another ridiculously cheap contract again. Um, So, yeah, I I guess I'm I'm probably not as high as you, Liam, but I'm, I'm certainly not out on him like you are, Tyler.
3: So let's bring this show to an end because we have run about five minutes over. But Tyler, remind the lovely listeners where they can find you.
1: Uh, along with Rich, you can find uh, all my writing at DLF. Uh, and then um, you can uh, find me on Twitter. It's right there at TylerFFcreator. And then uh, my YouTube is Tyler Fantasy TylerFantasyCreator. Uh, and then you find me at SDLF, which is on the DLF YouTube. And then... Oh, yeah, my Patreon
3: is in the pinned link on my Twitter, so you can find that there. Perfect. And we believe you have a dynasty tip for us before we sign off. I do. So my biggest dynasty
1: tip is actually very simple. Check your league throughout the year. check your league. You never know when somebody's going to be dropped. You don't want to be the person where someone drops someone good and you miss them. You don't want to be the person where someone posted, I'm trading this player away in the chat. Um, I want, you know, you don't want to be the person who misses out on that opportunity. Sometimes it's very simple. Just checking in in your league can give you a huge advantage. To some degree, Dynasty is the more work you put in, the better team you're going to have, just like kind of anything else in life to a degree. So yeah, just make sure you're checking your league year-round. I always say Dynasty is a year-round game, and, and it is. News happens all year. Changes happen all year. Managers check in all year. So just make sure to do that. Very simple tip. I
4: love that as i said you know that, that there is no talent required to put effort in
1: and as and, and as dlf says on. there's
3: no off season so i right, agree with that true. and active leagues are the best so if you can make it more active yourself then that is everything you need in a league anyway guys that is the end of the show and until next week see you later bye, bye guys